This is Straight Talk with D. Kelly. I'd like to explore politics and see what's of interest and what's in the news. I hope you'll consider each topic and explore them with me and find out what is really at the bottom of all of this. And it is Tuesday, September 28th, and we start out looking at the total big, huge infrastructure bill before the Senate. I know there's a couple bills that they need to get through. They need to deal with the debt ceiling. They need to deal with the government shutdown looming on Friday. There's a lot of things that need to be dealt with at this time, but here are our Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, there are some who disagree, and I respect that about the size of the package, and, and so some in the center, a couple in the center as, well, center as well, and we have to find our common ground, respectful of each other's views. But this isn't about moderates versus progressives. Overwhelmingly, the entirety of our caucus, except for a few whose judgment I respect, uh, uh, support the vision of Joe Biden, and we will make progress on it this week. And we turn now to Jen Psaki, who is summing up the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill that is before us. And I thought she did so brilliantly. So included in these packages uh, that the president is fighting to move forward on with leadership, uh, we are working to lower the excruciatingly high cost of prescription drugs, which, by the way, over 80% of the American public supports. We're also working to make historic investments in crumbling roads and bridges, which over 80% of Americans support. We're working to pass historic tax cuts for middle-class families. 50 million Americans uh, would get their taxes cut. 4 million small businesses. Uh, we're working to stop our children from uh, drinking poison drinking water and get every American access to high-speed Internet, people in cities and rural communities who haven't had access over the past several years, which over 75% and 66% of Americans endorse, respectively. We're working to cut the skyrocketing cost of childcare, something that is preventing millions of women or hundreds of thousands of women at least perhaps from going back into the workforce. And we're working to take on the devastating impacts of climate change that we're already seeing do terrible damage to our economy and national security. So even as we're having important debates about uh, timelines and reconciliation processes and parliamentary processes, I just wanted to take a moment and remind everybody um, of what this is all about. Now, they're looking at two large packages uh, that are coming before the Senate. Uh, The progressives would like to link them both together and would like to not pass one without the other. But uh, we will see what that happens. I know the Speaker of the House doesn't want to bring a vote to the Senate until she has all the votes counted and she will guarantee a passage of this bill. So we wait and see how she handles that going forward, and this she will be successful. We also have some issues about the debt ceiling. Now, that has to be uh, raised in order so that the United States can continue doing the business of the United States, and that's very important to us. They say that if we don't raise the debt ceiling, it could cause a recession immediately, Uh, throw us uh, into high interest rates. Uh, It would have a great impact on all of us living in the United States. It would probably crash the stock market. They they fear that these things will happen if they don't raise. Then that is looming in front of us now. They have also uh, passed that uh, the 
the government shutdown, they have uh, they have extended that until December third. So at this time now, at December third, we will have to then uh, look at the government budget and see if we can fund the government going forward that is separate from the debt ceiling. So we have all these issues in front of us and we will see how they handle it. Now, if you ever wondered what the Congress does when they're negotiating back and forth between the Republicans and the Democrats, and of course this week has been very tough for the Republican Party trying to find a way to come to some type of agreement with the Democrats on that other side of the House. This was Mitch McConnell's uh, answer to everything that's going on between the two sides. Bipartisanship is not a light switch. A light switch. The Democrats get to flip on when they need to borrow money and switch off when they want to spend money. So it looks like this battle will go on for a while until we find some type of common ground. Now, if that means President Biden bringing the both, both sides in to talk to him and to find some way that we can decide, okay, uh, you want a less uh, of, of expenses going forward. We like these packages. Do you like to help the Americans? Do you want to expand Medicare? What do you want? What do you not want? And do you hate the fact that we uh, are asking for two years of community college for all Americans? What exactly is it that you want to cut out? What what exactly would you be happy with? Uh, maybe we can try to find a way that we can move these bills forward. Listeners, I say, Gruß dick. And with that, I turn to the Pfizer CEO and chairman, Dr. Albert Brula. How long do you think it will be before we get out of this pandemic and get back to normal? Within a year, I think we will be able to come back to normal life. I don't think that this means that... Uh, Variants will not be continued coming, and I don't think that this means that uh, we should be able to to live our lives without having immune, without having vaccinations, basically. But um, that's again remains to to be seen. The most likely scenario for me, it is that because the virus is spread all over the world, that we will continue seeing uh, new variants that are coming out, and also we will have. Uh, vaccines that uh, they will last at least a year. And uh, I think the most likely scenario is annual revaccination. But we don't know really. We need to wait and see the data. And what are uh, you doing, uh, Dr. Albert Burla, uh, president of Pfizer? What are you doing uh, to help uh, the vaccinations, to get it out to the rest of the world, to make sure we are all vaccinated. What are the efforts that Pfizer is doing at this time? Always there are more that you can do, but I want to make sure that we understand what we are doing right now. And what we are doing right now 
in order to have vaccine available everywhere. The first one is that we need to have a vaccine because now it is considered given, but 10 months ago, nobody thought that we would be able to do it. The second is that you price your vaccine in a way that everybody can access it, and you need to know that you're giving the vaccine in the high-income countries at the cost of a takeaway meal, but in the middle-income countries, we are giving half of this price, and the low-income countries, we give it at cost. And the third that you need to do it is that you have enough doses for all, and we have invested billions of dollars. So right now we can make only Pfizer three billion doses this year, and only Pfizer four billion doses next year. By the way, also with a recent agreement with the U.S. government that stepped up significantly to enhance the global equity, they are buying one billion doses from us at cost, but they themselves donate them at no cost, completely free, to the poorest countries of the world. We won on the Arizona forensic audit yesterday at a level that you wouldn't believe. It is clear in Arizona that they must decertify the election. You heard the numbers. And those responsible for wrongdoing must be held accountable. It was a corrupt election. And it's my opinion, by the way, that Georgia is far worse. And hopefully the Arizona Attorney General, a good man, will do far more for his state than your Attorney General has done for your state. Because your Attorney General has not done what he's supposed to be doing. And that was Donald Trump speaking to a Georgia rally on Saturday which he talked about the recent Arizona audit that was done by Cyber Ninjas, a group out of Florida that has no experience whatsoever in, in uh, researching and, and investigating elections. In fact, there was a statement released from Maricopa County, Arizona, about the Cyber Ninjas audit, in which they said, quote, The hashtag AZ audit draft report from Cyber Ninjas confirms the county's canvas of the 2020 general election was accurate and the candidates certified as winners did, in fact, win. And that was their opinion from Maricopa County. And there was also a statement from the chairman of the Board of Supervisors in Arizona that said this means the tabulation equipment counted at the ballots as they were designed to do and the results reflect the will of the voters. This should be the end of the story. Everything else is just noise. And that is what we're dealing with now. We are dealing with noise. We are dealing with inaccurate information being released and people believing it because it comes from Donald Trump. So you need to be careful when you listen to even a former president of the United States. And you need to go online, take a look at it, look for yourself, read it for yourself and decide what is the truth and what is a lie? And then you can be an informed American. And I would like to look back over the past 
episodes of my podcast and let you know that, uh, believe me, I've correctly identified several issues that I discussed. Uh, I have correctly identified the problem with the Texas abortion law. I said it at the time. It looks like it is going to go to the courts, just like I said, that it's a crazy law and it doesn't even seem like it's right and constitutional. And that looks like they're even taking that to the courts right now and challenging it. So I was correct when I identified that. When I was talking about Afghanistan and the Taliban and the women's rights and trying to control the population of the women over there and taking back the control and the freedom that they've had, they've already shown that they're having trouble with that and the women are protesting in the streets and we've seen uh, some video of that recently and we're talking about, uh, also I've talked about domestic terrorism within the borders of the United States and that was something that was highlighted by our own George Bush, former President George Bush in his speech of on 9-11 from Pennsylvania. So it was rather uh, uh, deja vu of what I was talking about earlier as well when I talked about how uh, Americans were getting just so violent and so crazy. And we've seen it uh, also, uh, the violence erupting as far as masks are concerned and getting vaccinations and requiring our children to get vaccinated. And uh, I have another prediction on that. We are probably going to see these vaccination requirements probably uh, succeeding because we're dealing with a pandemic in the United States. And this is not something that we want to get out of control. We're talking about a health issue. And the president will take it as a health issue, a national health issue and a threat to our economy, uh, to our way of life. He will say that it is valid and it is necessary for us to all have vaccinations. And we're talking now, not just children, who probably require children in order to go to school and adults uh, in order to work for the government. Probably companies will require adults to get vaccinations. Everybody will start to go into that trend. And because they see it, the only way that we can get a hold of this virus is if we mandate vaccinations. And I am a supporter of mandated vaccination. So I, and I think I'm not the only one. I think there are other people out there, but you may disagree with me. Now, if you'd like to leave me a voice message and you have an opinion you'd like to share, you can send me a voicemail at anchor.fm slash dkelly slash message or tweet me at dkelly22. That's D-E-K-E-L-L-Y-2-2. Thank <laughs> you.